It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, January 7th, 2018, and this is Celtics Beat on CLNS Media, and I'm Evan Valenti. Episode 244 is brought to you by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Get $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and using the promo code Celtics at checkout. It's also brought to you by eHarmony. Right now, my listeners can get a free month of eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter the code CelticsBeat at checkout. And today, folks, marks the first day of a four-day layoff for the Boston Celtics, which, you know, at this point, none of us are really used to. I mean, what am I going to do with my life? I guess it's a good time to catch up on Netflix shows. You know, I heard Black Mirror is pretty good. I still haven't watched, uh, what's it, uh... Whatever the the ringer did for it's it's Mine Hunter, right? I gotta watch that. Uh, you have the rest of Wild Card Weekend today. The national championship game is on Monday, so at least there's some sporting events on. There's some entertainment on, to, and then with stuff that means something, like actual stakes involved, uh, so you can get your fix there. I highly encourage everybody to watch more NBA games too. Like I, I love watching, and I know this is gonna sound like sacrilege at this point, but I love watching Philly. I love watching Indiana. They're a fun team to watch play. Houston, of course. Golden State, of course. San Antonio, of course. I like watching Denver every once in a while. It's when they click, man, they are fun to watch. So make sure you tour around the NBA. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet here. Uh, we have Greg Casoli of the USA Today Media Group and the Celtics Wire coming on in just a little bit. But I want to tell you guys, I'm trying to get back into writing again. So. Along with this, if you're just listening to this show, go on to clnsmedia.com and look for the Celtics Beat episode there. There's a whole kind of little mini column there. And if you're listening to this on the webpage, awesome. Thank you for, for, for doing that. And get back at me with, uh, with some, you know, suggestions or comments about the, uh, the little column I wrote, uh, for CLNS Media for Celtics Beat. Again, my, uh, uh, Twitter handle is at Evan Valenti, E-V-A-N-V-A-L. E-N-T-I. I'm trying to get back in the writing game. It's a lot of fun, it, it, and I had a lot of fun putting this one together. So, without further ado, here is Greg Casoli. Before we even, like, uh get into this thing like uh because this is gonna be i think an interesting like kind of report card review sort of pod you have a new title job title right a new uh a new twitter description uh why don't you go into uh what your next venture is here sure um so i'm now a contributor at celtics wire 
Uh, Celtics Wire is sort of the brainchild of Jared Weiss, who's my editor there. Uh, I've only been there for about a week, so still settling in a little bit, but uh, we're really trying to cover everything, uh, every bit of breaking news um, without sacrificing sort of the nuance and in-depth nature of what we're trying to build at the site. Uh, so there's a lot of film analysis, a decent amount of exclusive features, uh, and then we're hoping for insightful reporting on basically every aspect of what's sort of happening within the team's orbit. Yeah, I like the um, – Jared did a really great piece. I even I even told him this about with uh, Drew Hanlon the other day, and I look mm-hmm. forward to that kind of stuff from you guys. It's really uh, – that's the kind of stuff that I really like where it's – you know, you kind of create your own story and do your own, like, you know, an actual long form piece. You know, the, I feel like the long form piece is slowly dying because nobody has an attention span that that goes past 280 characters anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's my favorite stuff to, to read and to write. But it's simultaneously not exactly the type of thing that always generates the most clicks, which is decidedly important right. in this day and age, right. unfortunately. Yeah, we've got to get you to Howard Beck status where it doesn't matter how long the piece is. It always gets like a million clicks. Yeah, at that's that my point, dream. that's when you know you made it. Um, so this is Greg Casoli. We're doing a little thing where we're doing a, a pod, basically where you know there's some things after half, a little bit more than halfway. What one game past halfway through the season here? Things that we like, things that we don't like uh, that have happened with with the Celtics, like storylines that have been fun. Uh, so maybe some numbers that are weird and questionable, uh, and maybe some things we just flat out don't like. And you know, th- this is an interesting place to start just because there's so many fun things that have happened with this team like i could easily in terms of like my favorite thing about this team easily just be like anytime Kyrie opens his mouth or you know jason tatum watching him like kind of blossom as a this like 19 year old potential like top five pick in the nba sort of kid um but i feel like with a lot of the tatum hype we've lost sort of the storyline of like how good jalen brown has gotten this year because i feel like like, if you look at what he did last year, like 6.6 points per game, 2.9 rebounds, 0.8 assists, uh, half a steal, um, his shooting numbers 45, 34, 69. That was him last year. This year, he has blown away all of those, uh, all of those records that he quote unquote had, all of those expectations. He's up to almost 15 points per game, almost six rebounds a game. Um, his, he's sharing the ball a lot better. His three point shot has been really great. Like, I feel like, Jalen's improvement from year one to year two has just been kind of overlooked here. Absolutely. I mean, he's been great. And I will say uh, from the start that I had Jalen Brown is the the hardest player for me to discuss. He's my fiance's favorite player. Uh, So anytime I critique him in any way, I'm in big trouble in this this apartment. Um, So I have kind of a skewed perception of him. But I think he's been he's really improved from last year. Defensively, he's been phenomenal uh for his age at least i think there's little things you can nitpick in terms of occasionally falling asleep off ball uh and being pretty uh susceptible to getting bullied in the poster specifically by lebron james he's got some pretty well documented struggles oh wow he gets he gets bullied by (laughs) lebron james what a bust yeah Uh, but i think those are pretty small things um and his he's really just Last night in particular, he's developed this ability to sort of snake around screens. He was just staying so well attached to Jimmy Butler um, on a a lot of possessions. So I think there's a lot to really like there. Um, And for me, there is, for as amazing as Tatum has been in all the flashes of really impressive offensive moves he has, I think Brown has this athletic ceiling um, that if, if you took Tatum and you took Brown and 
they both hit sort of their 100% peak of, of ceiling. I think Brown is actually a more complete and better player. Um, but I don't, I think there's a far greater likelihood of sort of Tatum filling his fullest potential than Brown. I, I, I sort of agree with you on that. I'm, I'm one of the guys that continues to drive, well, try and drive the J, the Jalen Brown hype train. Like I, I, I've gone off with Jason because he's just been so good, but I agree with you on the fact that like he is so athletic. It's like almost ridiculous if he were to put all this together. Um, I want to get back to defensively because, you know, look at his defensive rating last year, 110, this year, 102. And he has been and it, like that 102 number is really impressive. One, because it's better than last year, but two, if like the assignments he now draws, he went last year of like coming off the bench and, you know, getting spot minutes and earning his rotation spot to now this year is being, you know, just basically dumped on the other team's best offensive wing. Like you mentioned Jimmy Butler last night and his ability to snake around screens. There's a great, um, meme that went around and I forget exactly where it originated of like Jalen Brown like contorting his body in like the weirdest direction to get around a screen. Like I've never seen anybody do that, but the st- like if you took a still frame of it, it's like the slipperiness that he uses to get around kind of reminds me of what Tatum does on offense. But Jalen, his de- like his defensive ceiling is what gets me like really excited because you have a guy that can be, you know, that everybody likes to use Paul George as a comparison for, for Jason Tatum. That's fine. I don't think he'll ever get there defensively. I think Jalen Brown has the ability to become a Paul George defensive type, and that's what's, you know, if you're looking for a guy that to lead uh, this team going forward, a team that's, like, uh, you know, held their hat on or hang their hat on how good defensively they are, I think Jalen's a huge part of that particular attitude of the Celtics going forward, no question. Mm-hmm. And I think his defensive rating has certainly been help. It's been helpful to have a lot of other good defenders around him. Um, so obviously, some of that's contingent upon context. But he's played a really central role in that. So I think he deserves a ton of credit in that regard. There's two things from Jalen I like a lot in terms of like improvement this year. I've really enjoyed uh, him in transition. Is I think he can be. There's potential for him to be one of the best transition players in the league at his peak. Um, but I, the one other thing I want to bring up, and I the, the numbers don't back it up. I tried last night to like skew them so it looked like <laughs> so I could like prove my point, but there's no way to skew this because it's so up and down. But I, I do think that Jalen's court awareness is getting a little bit better, um, and it's drastically shown itself over the past couple of weeks. Now the numbers will not back that up. His assist count is not anything special, but I feel like a lot of reads that he makes now, he wasn't making earlier this season. He definitely wasn't making last year. If he's going to move the ball like he has been recently, like the example that I liked the other night was the dump-off pass he had against Cleveland, where he was trying to go up and try to finish his shot, and there's no way he would have. And last year's Jalen definitely would have tried, but he noticed a streaking Al Horford coming down the lane and just dumped it off to Al and dunked it. Like I never thought Jalen Brown had the court awareness to even do that, and now to see him kind of flourish in that area again it gets me really hyped up for Jalen Brown for sure and I actually when you were describing that uh I was thinking of that very play I think that that's just something he hasn't been doing uh, so it really sticks out and I, I think that it's easy to forget that he's what 21 years old I mean he's still got a ton of time to grow and to develop as as an offensive player and as a defensive player but I think he's closer to his peak defensively already um, but it's just really encouraging to see a play like that. But certainly has a long way to go in terms of making that a consistent thing before he's, um, I think we can view him as sort of a, 
facilitator of any kind. You basically just quoted uh, Jimmy Butler on Jalen Brown the other night. Jimmy Butler, quote, he, he, he's he got a long way to go, obviously, but hell, how old is he, 2021, something like that? He's young. He's going to study his game, other people's games, and before you know it, the kid's going to be at the top of this thing. So, yeah, you and Jimmy Butler on the same wavelength. Greg, what's one of the fav- your favorite stories or favorite numbers or favorite things about the Celtics this season? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the the real story has been Jason Tatum, not to just keep talking about all of Boston's young wings, but um, I came into the season pretty skeptical of what he could be really, especially in his first year, but even sort of long term. Um, and the way he's changed his game from the start of Summer League to where he is now has just been like jaw dropping to me. I think he came in in Summer League and kind of confirmed a lot of my fears. He was spending a lot of time sort of in the mid post isolating. He really struggled uh, as a ball handler. I'm, I'm remembering particularly against uh, Donovan Mitchell when they played Utah. Um, wasn't Didn't look great in the pick and roll. And then all of a sudden it took four preseason games and he turned into sort of this like efficiency robot where he was just shooting threes and open looks at the rim um, and not really spending any time taking inefficient shots. And then he sort of slowly added in uh, some of that isolation sort of um, showed off some of that footwork as we've gone through the last couple of weeks and really looks like a pretty complete or looks like he will develop into a p- pretty complete score. Um, and every every time I come up with sort of a critique of his game, it feels like two weeks later he solved it. So the pace that he's learning at is really been astonishing to me uh, and I think has to be one of the most exciting sort of storylines of the season yeah I think um Bobby Manning had it in one of his uh pieces for Celtics blog from uh his high school coach like detailing how quickly Jason Tatum learns and how quickly he's able to adapt like things on a whiteboard to the actual court and and you, you bring that up the fact that like he'll have something that's some flaw and then two weeks later it's gone um that's his like his brain and the way he learns, I think, has been the most encouraging thing about him this year. Like again, you mentioned how he went from a isolation mid post player to the best three point shooter of the NBA. What feels like a span of like a month or two, which feels insane. And the, the one thing about Tatum I do like is his IQ. And like I tried to explain this the other night to somebody um, about Tatum and how, like in comparison to Brown, how he's just already like way ahead of the game coming into his rookie year. He just has more skills in terms of. Just like uh, hot, like little nuances of basketball, and, I, and the one thing I mentioned, it was the other night uh, against Cleveland. Um, Jason had a sh- an opportunity on the right wing to just pull up from three at a wide open shot, but but he decided to take the lane instead and get a layup. And as he's coming into the lane, somebody charges at him, and he has the ball in his right hand. And as he's going to lay it in, he does this euro step, and as he euro steps, he brings the ball from his right to his left to protect it from getting swiped at. And then brought it back over to his right to lay it in like a reverse up and under. I was like, my goodness, I, I at 19, I can't believe he has that in the bag already. And it's not the first time we've seen that move. But the fact that he was cognizant to protect the ball by quickly just shifting it over to his left hip and then bringing it back over to his right el- uh, right shoulder to finish it. I just thought it was unbelievable. He's been absolutely brilliant this year. And I, I, again, I don't know what his ceiling is because... I don't know how he keeps adapting and getting better and like if that's going to be the serious trend for him because if that if that's going to be it and he's going to fix all his flaws like this like he doesn't really have too many right now and if he keeps getting better I don't I don't know where he goes. The one thing I do say is 
Like defensively, I still think sometimes he loses guys too easily, and his like footwork isn't great on that end. But like that's a very small nitpicky thing for a 19 year old rookie. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as 19 year olds go, he's pretty solid defensively. As far as NBA players go, he's certainly got some things to work on. Um, but I'm curious to get your thoughts in terms of. I know you talked about his ceiling, but do you think? I, I just would love to see him in sort of a higher usage role just to see what it is. I think that's not necessarily what the Celtics need right now, but I'm just so curious about sort of what he's capable of that I'd love to see. I don't know if it's even just a quarter or a game where they, where Steven says, you know, tonight take over and do, do what you want and gives him sort of unlimited freedom just out of curiosity's sake. But that I think that's said, coming. I think that's mm-hmm. coming at some point. I mean, we've kind of seen it every once in a while and he's, it's been a little more of a rough experience, but like that's kind of what you get with 19-year-olds. You're going to have to learn with them and take some bruises and lumps and everything. And I think there is a point where maybe towards the end of the season, if, if there is a way to, to maybe make him like the lead facilitator of that second unit. But that second unit has played really well. I mean, Terry Rozier has been on fire lately. Um, Marcus Smart, too, has been knocking down a bunch of jump shots. But Rozier's current uh, explosion um, has really been a huge catalyst for Boston. That's where their biggest weakness is, and that's like kind of where the Gordon Hayward injury really hurts. Um, is like they just they don't they're missing another scorer that they just don't have right now. But if Terry Rozier is going to be that guy going forward, then 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 they're they're really in a good spot. I mean, they're already in a fantastic spot. The Celtics have one of the most enviable positions in the NBA right now. They give any team uh, in the league, but. If 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 Terry Rozier's recent development is going to be this 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 major thing, like I, I'm all I'm on board for this, no doubt about it. Um, but I think Tatum, in terms of getting more responsibility, I think not with the starting unit, but I think there's opportunity with that second unit to maybe be more of a facilitator, playmaker, you know, shot creator type of guy, for sure. Mm-hmm. This episode of Celtics Beat is brought to you by eHarmony. If you're trying online dating, the chances are you've probably run into one of these problems. Lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and random matches that just don't turn into dates. You can't really get to know someone just by looking at their picture, and that's where eHarmony comes into play because eHarmony is unlike any other dating site. eHarmony takes steps that other dating sites don't in order to find you a more compatible match, and they are built to help you find lasting, meaningful relationships, not just a shallow hookup site. They have helped out over a million people find their perfect match, and they're helping us out here at CLNS Media. They're not helping me per se, but my buddy Parker signed him up. Uh, for eHarmony, thanks to eHarmony for that. Uh, we're gonna be chronicling, uh, his escapades on eHarmony. Might even get him on this show. So ladies in the Boston area and beyond, looking for my buddy Parker. He is an absolute catch, no doubt about it. And, uh, we'll get him on the show to talk a little bit about eHarmony later on uh, to, you know, just to see how it's going for him. You know, I'm rooting for the guy. I really am rooting for the guy. I'm, I'm, I think he's a, a real fine catch. I've known him my entire life. He is an A++ human being, ladies. You will not be disappointed. eHarmony uses years and years of science, data, and psychological research to help you find the right matches. eHarmony brings compatible people together. There are plenty of hookup sites, folks. That's not what eHarmony is. Right now, my listeners get a free month of eHarmony. When they sign up for a three-month subscription, just enter my code CELTICSBEAT at checkout. Stop waiting. And start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you love, 
and that's eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter my promo code SouthwickSpeed at checkout. Again, that's eHarmony.com. Promo code SouthwickSpeed at checkout gets you a free month when you sign up for a three-month subscription. Today's edition of Southwick Speed is also being presented by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Casper's mattresses are designed by humans for humans, made right here in the U.S. of A. They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Casper's breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature through the night. And they're not just a mattress company. Casper offers a wide array of products to ensure an overall better sleep experience. And buying the Casper is easy. Order online, it's then delivered to your door in a compact box, and you get free shipping and free returns to the U.S. and Canada. And you get a risk-free 100-day trial. Considering we spend one-third of our lives on a mattress, it's so important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. That's why Casper gives you 100 nights to try it out. Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and using the promo code Celtics at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and using the promo code Celtics at checkout. Back to Celtics beat. Um, I think an interesting topic is, is Kyrie, like, when it comes down to Kyrie, so far through 43 games, has he been better than you thought, not as good as you thought, or just right about where you thought he'd be? In terms of overall value, I think pretty similar to where I thought he would be. And the way he's functioned, I think, a little bit different. Um, his his defense was encouraging to start the year, and then it kind of really dropped off for a little while when the schedule got tighter and they were playing more games and more nights. Uh, he had one, I was actually at, at the Utah game and he was just abysmal in that one. I don't, he was like kind of jumping around and jumping at ball, the ball when it wasn't even there. Um, and looked like sort of all of the, the bad, the bad gifs of defense that you, we've seen of Kyrie over the year. Um, but I think in the last couple of games, he's really brought that back. Uh, and I think, how how far this team can go is really contingent upon how locked in he is on that end of the court because the offense is really it's always going to be there. Um, I think Stevens is going to draw that out of him even more as they get more comfortable with each other, um, and they just need him to be passable on defense. And in the aggregate, he's been great. I mean, they've defended at an incredible rate when he's on the court. Um, so I think, and I did not expect that. I expected it to be. Uh, a little closer to what we got from Isaiah last year where the, the offense was incredible and the defense was very average to below when he was playing. Um, and I think I, I don't want to compare them too much because I think that happens a lot. But um, generally about what I would have expected, but in ways uh, that I wouldn't have necessarily thought. Yeah, I, I just I like the fact that he tries in that end. That's that's the one thing I'm really looking for. And as you alluded to, sometimes it's a little bit of a rough experience. That Jazz game was was really was brutal. And not just for Kyrie, it's brutal for everybody. But yeah. I I like the fact that for most nights you know that he's putting an effort. Like he does he die on screen sometimes? Yeah, does it bug me? Of course. 
Um, but for the most part, the effort's there, and that's the one thing I'm really looking for with him. And that's you know to, to talk about Isaiah Thomas. Like Isaiah Thomas's defensive deficiencies were not, not were not because he didn't try hard. It's because he was five foot eight, and it's impossible for him to basically survive on that end. Um, Kyrie, a little bit different story, uh, but has definitely been a guy that's that's worked hard and put the work in. And I like the fact that the culture of Boston of a good defensive team um, has has spilled over into you know his his particular part of his game. There's one thing I think about Boston that I think is really weird, and I can't really – I've been trying to – you know, last night I'm doing some research and trying to put some things together, and I love the way this offense moves the ball, especially in that game against Minnesota. Um, I think they did a good job of that again in Cleveland. I'm just aesthetically, um, they, they move the ball a lot. They, everybody's moving and cutting, and I love the way they look on offense. But I look up some numbers, and I, 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 I can't explain this really. The Boston Celtics are only 18th in the league in assists. I I I find that shocking because of how well this team moves the ball and how well like they they share it and how and when you contrast that with other teams it's it's hard to like believe that Boston is only 18th in assists like I feel like their system should be generating a number much higher than that. Yeah, I think I'd have to dive into both film and numbers to make sure that what I'm about to say is true. There that may just be a reality of having some pretty streaky shooters on the team where they can generate a lot of good looks and miss a lot of good looks as well. Um, and then their sort of most reliable source of offense is really Kyrie with the ball in his hands. So I'd imagine they're getting consistent points uh, from Kyrie off the dribble where they're not piling up assists necessarily and then have some larger fluctuations in terms of uh, – maybe getting great shots for Marcus Smart or Terry Rozier, and some nights those go in and some nights they they don't. Uh, and the same is true for Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris. All those guys are really um, – some nights they look like snipers. Some nights they look like they couldn't you know, hit the ocean. Yeah, that's a, the Marcus Smart experience basically summed up in a nutshell. is like is It's like feast or you know, famine essentially with Smart. Um, yeah. the, the Celtics have, have turned it around a little bit recently too with their rebounding. Um, efforts and I think Adam Kaufman detailed it last night. I know uh, I know Sean Grandy has done a good job of it throughout the entire season, but like Boston is when they out rebound the other team. I think they're twenty two and zero right now. Um, I think that's the most updated stat, and I, I could be wrong on that. And if I'm wrong on that, my bad. Um, as, as we like, we we always we have to preface with I th- I think this is the right stat, but maybe it's not the right stat. We've done that like five times this podcast, which is really great content. Um, but I I. I there, there, there was that lull in the middle of that that horrendous stretch that Boston had, where they just weren't putting on effort. In that and then Adam Coffin and I did talk about this on a Celtics Beat podcast, where like that was one of the places you could tell that Boston was really feeling, um, you know, victim to the schedule. They were really, you know, it, rebounding is a couple of things: it's positioning and effort, and the effort just wasn't there. I do believe this the Celtics team is a much better rebounding team um, than they were last year, and I don't think it's really surprising. The jump is so drastic, but you know they when they don't rebound well, especially on the defensive end, like they just get they get smoked, and uh, they have to be cognizant of that. I think they've made a, a, a much better effort recently, the past like four or five games, to get better on that. And I thought against Cleveland, it was very obvious that they were trying really hard. I know that, I know the they only won by like one rebound in that margin, but I thought they put in a serious effort knowing that like Tristan Thompson could just eat every rebound up whenever he wanted to. Um, but they put a real big emphasis on that end. 
of the floor. And I, and I think that Boston, you know, that's going to be one of the things that makes or breaks them this year. I think, you know, rebounding helps them get out in transition, and they're a deadly transition team with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kyrie Irving and, and Terry Rozier. Um, I think rebounding for them is one big key going forward as we head um, not only to the all-star break but forward from there. Yeah, I mean, how many times have over the last year have we had Tristan Thompson just sort of crush the dreams of all Celtics fans? And he's he's not like an incredible player, but he he turned into a monster against Boston, particularly last year and the year before that. So I think, uh, you know, walking away from a game against Cleveland where he didn't sort of submarine all the good defensive effort that they put in was, was encouraging. And obviously having a guy like Baines out there from time to time really helps. I know they're rebounding numbers spike pretty considerably when he's on the floor. Um, and I I get the, the focus on rebounding, given how effective they've been when they out-rebound people, but I do think sometimes it gets a little overblown. I, I like to focus a bit more on just point differential um, and net rating in terms of the combinations that they put out there, because I do think at times in the past, Boston's rebounding problems have been uh, tied to going small, and that was a deliberate choice, uh, hoping to sort of outscore people with those smaller lineups and knowing that you're sacrificing a bit of rebounding. So if they can start juicing the offense by going small and continue rebounding well, then that's obviously a major benefit for them. Do you have anything else that's weird or, or strange or you don't like or that you like before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned transition. I think I would love to see them get out and run a little bit more. I, there was a play the other night where uh, Jalen Brown was just kind of flying down the court and threw a beautiful pass to Jason Tatum for a wide open three. And I was kind of like, why don't they do this every single time they get a rebound, a live rebound? Um, and they just haven't they haven't pushed the ball all that much. And I'd like to see them do that more. Um, let me just quickly take a look at the numbers. I did write this one down. Um, they have. Oh, now I lost it. Um, they're 21st in percentage of plays that come in transition um, and 25th off of live rebounds. And I think those should usually be way have, higher. Yeah, I yeah, agree with you on that. They usually have four or five people that can just grab a rebound and push while they're out there, uh, particularly when Horford's at center. Um, so I'd like to see that go up. And I'd imagine some of that's tied to energy levels and legs and uh, having played so many games in such a small period of time. But I think they've got the tools to be a real problem in transition. So seeing well, them do that a little bit. They're clearly yeah. trying to emulate the Warriors' path there. They want to have – like the reason why – one of the reasons why the Warriors are so deadly, especially in transition, is because they have – their best lineup is a lineup of five guys that can all bring the ball up. And that's mm-hmm. what Boston is obviously trying to emulate with having – you know, you mentioned Al Horford at center. Tatum can bring the ball up. Jason uh, – uh, Jalen Brown in, in transition is a nightmare, I think. Obviously, we know what we get with Kyrie – um, smart and Rozier, um, but the big thing is having the the wings and the bigs that can do it uh, as well. That's what you know when you look towards the draft. That's what makes maybe like a Marvin Bagley or so exciting, or maybe you know depending your viewpoint, Michael Porter Jr. so exciting. Like guys that can you know push the ball in transition and you know Boston can fan out accordingly. You know what I mean? Like that's that like when Horford brings the ball up. 
um, is one of my favorite things ever because I, because then like every option is available to you. Like there's just going to be so much space and so much skill on the floor and your center, the tallest guy on the floor is essentially running, you know, running and starting your offense. I think that's the one thing about Boston that must frustrate other teams and other coaches at times is like, how in the hell do we stop them if their center is going to be their primary playmaker? Like Orford, um, against, against, uh, Minnesota was, I think the leader, uh, in assists for them. Um, and it has been that way, uh, several times this year and is like one of the best passing big men in the NBA that's one of the things that must drive coaches crazy I'm sure yeah and you mentioned Golden State I mean that's what Draymond Green does to people better than really any other big man in the league but I think that is sort of your prototype if you're trying to build uh, an offense that is going to really take care of your business in transition and that's Greg Casoli of the USA Today Media Group, Celtics Wire. You can follow him on Twitter uh, and uh, check out his new stuff. Him and Jared Weiss tearing it up for USA Today. Uh, Greg, thanks for joining me here today here on Celtics Beat. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks so much for having me. And that's going to do it for this episode of Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and using the promo code Celtics at checkout. Also brought to you by eHarmony right now. My listeners get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter the promo code Celtics Beat at checkout. A uh, big shout-out to all of you out there that had deal with the elements this weekend. All parts of New England affected. Even my friends down in South Carolina, North Carolina, got smoked with snow. Everybody, glad you all made it. Uh, for those of you in certain areas of Boston, suburbs that had to deal with flooding, uh, I was thinking about you guys all weekend, man. I, I cannot imagine what it was like uh, this weekend to deal with the water, the snow, the cold, all that stuff combined together. It was essentially like the perfect storm. So I, I, I'm uh, again still thinking about the people out in Boston that deal with that stuff with the flooding and all that, and that's, that's crazy. And, and Godspeed to all of you. Uh, I will be back next week here on CLNS Media. Big shout-out to my CEO and founder, Nick Gelso, the executive producer and former host of this show, Larry H. Russell, Steph LaGratteau, and Chuck Dietz, my people behind the music, and, of course, you guys, listeners of CLNS Media. Want to hear more from me? Check out my other Celtics podcast on CLNS Media called Celtics Roundtable. Me, myself, uh, a couple of wacky other hosts, Matt Ignall, Jonathan Ignall, Zaire, Jonathan Levy, Lucky's Pipe, and the rest. I'll come at you every single day with more Celtics content right on here on CLNS Media. But I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you guys. Talk soon.